Hello everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Amadeus Travel Tech Talk, where we talk about the biggest, the most burning, and the toughest questions we need to answer today in order to rethink and rebuild the travel industry. I'm Bertrand, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Throughout this series, we're going to explore together with our customers and partners how the travel industry can recover from the impact of COVID-19. We'll address how technology can support that recovery and how to boost traveler confidence and trust. And finally, how we can collaborate as an industry to drive growth. In this episode, I'm joined by Steven Snyder, Operating Principal at JetBlue Technology Ventures, which invests in early-stage startups operating in the travel, hospitality, and transportation industries, and Susanna Hsu, head of Amadeus Ventures, the Amadeus Startup Investment Program. In this episode, we'll discuss the impact of the pandemic on startups' investment, the latest strategies from Ventures Fund, and the latest investment dynamic in the startup world right now. Hello, Susanna, and hello, Stephen. It's a real pleasure to have you today. Hi, Bertrand. Hi, Bertrand. So let's start with our first themes today. I would like to go a little bit backwards and to come back to the early stage of the pandemic in 2020. I would like to understand from you what were your initial reactions, the lesson you have learned, and the key insights you have taken from that period. So Susanna, as a travel specialized fund, what was the impact of the pandemic at the early stage and what were your initial reactions from the investors when the crisis started? Thanks, Patron, for the question. So when the pandemic started, immediately what we were thinking was to take stock of the situation. So making sure that our entrepreneurs, our portfolio companies, they are all safe and how they are performing and how they are thinking about their environment. So what sort of impact were they immediately sensing at that moment in time? And so stabilizing the portfolio companies were really the first priorities. Actions needed to be taken, so both in the sense of is there a way to adjust the solutions such that they address the need of our customers at that period of time. And at the same time, unfortunately, we need to look at the cost side of things, right? Whether there are actions that also need to be taken to make sure that the company has enough runway to get out of the crisis. And together with our portfolio companies, we are also looking at jointly, so how can we combine the Amadeus solutions together with theirs in order to immediately go to our customers and also to jointly help our common customers to go through that difficult period together. Thank you, Susanna. So, Stephen, Susanna mentioned the adaptability and the, this capacity from startup during the early stage of the pandemic to pivot their model and to really stabilize their business. How have you reacted during the early stage of the crisis? And would you have some specific example of startup that were especially impressive in pivoting their business? Absolutely. So I think in a period like this, it goes to show the importance of having a really strong platform offering in a venture capital firm. This was a place where we were really leaning into our startups and offering every resource that we had, coaching on finance, coaching on marketing, sales, and ways to adapt the business so that it could be viable in the long term and make sure that they were tapping into a technology that could develop new use cases and not just use cases that were specific to a pre-pandemic or during pandemic or post-pandemic period. What we wound up doing was leaning into a lot of our innovation resources at JetBlue Technology Ventures to coach our parent company, JetBlue Airways, 
in terms of options that were available for the contactless journey. So we ran a short innovation sprint. This one was six weeks in duration as opposed to the normal 12 weeks that we do for regular innovation sprint because you just have to operate on much quicker timelines just as a principle of adaptability. One thing that we were really inspired by when we were looking at our portfolio was a startup that we've invested in called Miles. Miles rewards you for everyday activities and for travel decisions that you're making all the time. So how do you remain relevant during a period in which you can't actually travel and we can't give you points anymore for getting on an airplane because not a lot of people are getting on airplanes anymore? So it was really interesting to see Miles find ways to adapt the product and give you points for staying at home, give you points for going on walks, give you points for going on bicycle rides, more individualized forms of activity that are still generating the useful data that the end customers of theirs have from a data consumption standpoint. The effect that it ultimately wound up having was really keeping average daily users engaged and a really high metric so that now as they are emerging from the crisis, they've never had a more engaged base before, and they can go back to their bread and butter of the business. So again, it's having that technology platform that can really develop new use cases all throughout to remain relevant to the customer. Yeah, I think that's a great example of how do you stay relevant when people are basically not traveling for a very, very long, extensive period of time. So as we are slowly starting to manage that new situation, that period that a lot of us are calling the new normal, but still the sector is very much impacted as we speak right now. I would like to understand from you, is it absolutely crazy to invest in travel startup at this moment? So Stephen, as an investor, have you changed the way you evaluate startups, the way you are investing money? Is there some new process you have put in place to manage your investment? That's a great question. No, absolutely not. It is not crazy to invest in startups. And we're happy that we are writing checks uh, to startups and have announced multiple deals so far in 2021. I think we have stayed true to our five investing themes. One being the seamless customer journey, two, reimagining the accommodation experience, three, next generation aviation operations and enterprise tech, four, the loyalty distribution and revenue innovation, and lastly, sustainable travel. I think one thing that it has heightened for us is scrutiny around what is a long-term trend and what is just a short-term need that requires a little attention. There have been so many different phases within the COVID experience that there have been a lot of very promising companies who have approached us and who we have spoken to that have been trying to solve different use cases that ultimately did not turn out to be long-term issues, at least in terms of how we've been confronting the crisis in the States and in Western Europe. So if you go back six to nine months, there were some really interesting rapid testing companies that we got close to partnering with and finding really great ways of working with. As the time has progressed, this has turned into less of an acute need and a market that's really saturated. So sometimes it feels better in a way to not have gotten too deep in deals like that. If it wasn't that, then it was contact tracing and really impressive companies around that or digital health passports, which are still a really huge need, but the market has shifted so much and been so dynamic that for us, when it comes to just investing philosophy, it's heightened our attention to what is a long-term technology that can develop a lot of different use cases off of a really solid foundation versus what is something that is targeted to just one use case 
that we might want to be a little more skeptical about and really look long-term for a solution. Yeah, so the long-term aspect seems even more important than before right now. Absolutely. So, Susanna, it, it could actually be a very good moment to invest. And from your knowledge of the investment market, what is the situation right now? Do you have the impression that we are still in a white and see mode, or do you see some dynamism and activities on the investment market right now? Right. At the moment, VC investment into the travel segment definitely hasn't stopped. So for the first five months of 21, there have been like 3.4 billion of capitals invested in the sector. Comparing with the overall VC market, I think some of the audience here might have already seen like there was a record hide of 288 billion invested into the VC industry for the first six months, which is a all-time record. So comparing to that, maybe travels is still a relatively small piece, but what is important is important and big rounds are still happening within the travel sector. For example, Hooper, AI for travel and Travel Perk, so for um, corporate travel concepts, all these companies, like they are raising rounds that are more than 100 million earlier this year. And so the expectation is that travel will definitely return. And so we'll continue to welcome innovation within the travel industry. As long as the startups are showing their capability to adapt to the new normal, like they are focusing on the right problems to solve and are able to win customers, even during the crisis, that these companies will continue to be funded. Wow. It sounds that it has been very, very dynamic recently. And we did also some research at Amadeus and we noticed that innate love from people to travel and that travel will be here to stay and will come back at some point. And I would like to move to that theme with you and to understand actually our startup and their ability to pivot very quickly could help the whole industry and also bigger actors like Amadeus or larger companies to drive and participate to the recovery process. So Susanna, as we are working collectively to find those answers to rebuild the travel industry, what is exactly the role startups could have within that process? For startups, they have agility to pivot, as Stephen has pointed out quite a few of very good examples in terms of how quickly can they adapt and have very proper decisions that are very relevant for our environment. And that combines with a player like Amadeus. We are a technology provider. We are the backbones and providing a lot of the core technologies to providers within our sector. So the partnership between the bigger players and the smaller players together collectively, so I would say we are able to handle some of these exceptional situations pretty quickly. For example, one of our portfolio companies, Volantio, during this period of time, together with our airlines team, we quickly expanded the scope of our partnership to cover their solutions that manages the detection of early demand signals. So this is an aspect our airline customers are really focusing on, is that when the demand is going to come back and where are they going to be? And so together, we make available this type of capabilities very quickly to our customer base and the travel community. So these are like perfect examples to show like how big companies and smaller companies together, we are able to help the industry together and bring back recovery as early as we can. Yeah, it's great to see some example like this on how we can play on both strengths from both startup and larger companies to address like for in that case airlines need and Stephen, actually, it might be a very good moment for startup 
to rise and to show their capabilities to help those bigger corporations and also ultimately our different customers. How do you see them doing that in the future? Absolutely. That's one of the benefits that I have sitting here at JetBlue's corporate headquarters while the rest of my team is based in Silicon Valley to be able to understand what the needs are of our parent corporation. I think Susanna was spot on. The big trend that I have seen take place over this past summer was the challenge of supply to keep up with demand. The recovery has happened a lot faster than we thought it would, particularly in the States. So supply in every meaning of the word, whether that's seats for airplanes, whether it is ground staff, airport staff, distribution systems, technologies, et cetera, has moved so fast that airlines are struggling to keep up with it. You've seen load factors over the last few months that are in the 90s, 95, close to 100%, which hasn't been great for standby travelers, but has been wonderful for business. And when I see load factors like that, the question that I raise is, are airlines pricing their seats correctly, or are they leaving revenue on the table? Which is what gets me excited about a few portfolio companies that we have. Susanna already called out Volantio, so I won't say anything more about them, other than that we are really proud to be investors in that team. Three Victors is one that we're invested in that really takes a look at hundreds and millions of global travel searches and billions upon billions of itineraries to really get some dynamic information on what people are searching for. So airlines and airports can be smarter about setting up routing and setting up the demand per route that would really be attractive to customers. Allows airlines to pivot a lot more and set up new routes that are pandemic specials that you wouldn't see during normal times, but be very adaptable around that. The other one that I would call out is Flyer. Flyer is a startup that we're invested in that uses AI and machine learning to more intelligently price routes. For us, it provides a really good opportunity to not just rely on historical data, but really pay attention to customer behavioral insights so airlines can price more effectively. I think the biggest worry that I would have if I was a major airline is that with this surge of demand that there's money being left on the table. And I'm really proud that these three startups are doing a great job of helping airlines maximize their revenue during this period. Yes, there are some new topics such as artificial intelligence and the use of data, given that historical data are not relevant anymore, that represents some great opportunities for startups actually specialized in that. And why say that? I would like to take a look at the future now that we have seen the lessons we have learned from those crises, uh, the key topics that are interesting right now. I would like to look to the future and your immediate priorities. So I would like to understand what would make startups more attractive in that new environment and how they could attract those funding in the next months of years ahead. So Stephen, what are the key aspects that you will be looking in your forthcoming investment and how startup can be more interesting for you? Absolutely. I had mentioned earlier that one of our five investing themes is sustainable travel and ESG has just attracted so much attention recently. Going into the pandemic, there was the flight shame movement, which has changed a lot in terms of how flights operate first in Europe, but most likely that'll take place throughout the rest of the world as well. We don't think that's going away. And we think that there are really key roles for the airline industry to play in terms of limiting the carbon impact and helping to achieve not just 
net zero, but carbon neutrality as well. So we have had ESG as a major focus of ours. We're proud of the investment that we made in Joby, which is getting closer and closer to having its first commercial eVTOL application around 2024. And we look forward to seeing the continued development there. We were proud of the investment that we made in universal hydrogen earlier this year and really thinking about hydrogen as a potential uh, fuel source and supply chain for a cleaner form of travel in the future. We're going to continue looking up and down the value chain for more environmentally friendly ones because there's so much demand throughout the board, but we're going to continue to be discerning as we look at it. There are a lot of interesting startups, but there's also a lot of hype out there. So we are going to be very qualified in terms of the specific startups that we look at and hopefully find ones that we can both invest in and find partnerships for JetBlue Airways to work with. Sustainability is also a key things we have noticed in the different researches we, we did recently. And Susanna, as you are part of a global company and you're trying to address multiple categories of customer and touchpoint, I know what one of your key objectives is to bridge the different gaps that we can encounter within the traveler experience. What are one of the key gaps you are trying to solve right now or in the immediate future or you are trying to address in the mid to long term? Coming in from the end traveler's perspective, that is something that we are very adamant in paying attention to. Even though for Amadeus, we are B2B company, our customers are airlines, hotels, airports, and travel agents, and so on and so forth. That deep understanding on what our end travelers and corporations, as the two customers segments, impacts and think about travel, it is important overall, such that we can serve our customers better. So from that perspective, I want to echo on the theme of sustainability that Stephen has just mentioned. So taking it from the end traveler's perspective, how can we help them, enable them and provide the information that would be required or that they would be interested in understanding when choosing the destination and the way to get there and how to incorporate carbon footprint as one of the considerations when they are planning their next leisure and business trip. And also to the extent of making available the option to them to offset their carbon footprint, should this be the wish that they want to participate in the sustainability movement as their personal value. So, so that's one angle in terms of in traveler experience. The other one is really coming back to the point of a more personalized experience. Sometimes when we talk to travel startups, talking to technology firms, a lot of the times when we talk about personalization, we immediately go to the search. To say, how can we display more contextualized search results such that we can get to the result that we need a lot quicker or we want a lot quicker? But that is one aspect of the personalization story. And the next level of it is really about delivering an omni-channel experience end-to-end. So starting from the search, all the way carrying through to pre-trip, during the trip, post-trip. So combining that online, offline, virtual, physical experience and be able to actually being recognized as a person with your preferences and the context and being able to intelligently combine all these pieces of information to provide a travel experience that either is very efficient for the business travelers or very enjoyable from a leisure traveler's perspective. 
So underneath, it's a lot of data analytics and be able to contextualize and joining the dots from different perspectives to be able to deliver that personalized experience. So these are a few topics that we are working on right now. So improving the traveler experience by joining those dots and having those sustainable aspects in mind, helping traveler to make more informed choice in the future. So it was a really interesting discussion. The main takeaways I'm taking with me is that it might actually be a very good moment to invest in, in startup. And it was great to hear some very positive news around the dynamism of the sector right now. And startups being as smaller, nimbler organization might be actually a great help for bigger corporation and the sector in general to navigate one of the most unstable periods for the travel industry. So it would be very interesting to see in the future how they will contribute to that recovery alongside bigger actors, uh, thus creating a more efficient ecosystem to increase traveler confidence and ultimately rebuild the travel industry. Thank you so much, Susanna and Stephen, for your time today and for joining us. And thanks to our listener. To stay up to date on the latest news from Amadeus and to catch the next episode in our series, check out the inside sessions on our website or follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening.